You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Parsnip Ship. My name is Ivan E. Debery, and tonight we are having a special reading at the Dorchester Art Project in Boston here. And this episode is co-produced in collaboration with Artist Theatre of Boston. So thank you um, both Dorchester Art Project and Artist Theatre of Boston for having us tonight. And we would love to give a special thank you to the Brandeis Alumni Association for helping fund and put together this special showcase tonight and our wonderful cocktail hour. If you're listening, you missed out. There was like brioche like sandwiches and stuff. I thought it was a lobster roll. It was tuna. I was disappointed. It's okay. I'll move on. Tonight, we are hearing Repossessed by Greg Lamb with special guest Big Fuzzy and directed by Pascal Floristal. Yay! So before, um, actually before that, um, so this is actually our fourth season of The Parsnip Ship and of our regular play reading and music series and this one is, this season is really exciting for us because this is all dedicated to playwrights of color and supporting um, their work um, and making sure that they get heard um, in your ears and not just seen on stages. So we really want to give a special thank you to Greg for submitting to us and for his work bringing us all here today. So before we get into our first song and into the evening, we like to ask our playwright, what would the world be missing if it didn't have this play? Um, speak into the mic. Okay, I will speak into the mic. <laughs> if we didn't have this play, this world would be missing a uh, science fiction um, head fuck um, yes. that we all need right now. <laughs> so we would all be missing head fucks. If anyone ever wants to get head fucked, this is the play to listen to. Um, so, I, re I regret my word choice. <laughs> no, he does not take that back. <laughs> uh, so we're going to get into our first song of the evening by Big Fuzzy. Someday I ask you, but 
Sanchez, I'm reading for Rich Warner. Carlene Dizier, I'm reading The Voice in various other roles. Jade Guerra, I'm reading Regina Hastings. Shayna Jackson, I'm reading Cindy in various voices. Tim Hoover, I'm reading Ted Naughton. Tatiana Isabel Hill, I'm reading Gretchen Warner. Maurice Palmer, and I'm reading the stage directions. Repossessed by Greg Lamb. Prologue. Gretchen's Maintenance. Gretchen Warner, 35, sits in a comfy office chair, relaxed in near darkness. She's thoughtfully and fashionably dressed and conveniently attractive, composed and well-mannered. Odd. Now that you mention it, there was something that struck me as odd. A disembodied voice speaks to her. It is the voice. Having to do with memories? Yes. Would you like to tell me about that? Well, I, I don't know if it's really worth telling. It's not much of a story. Try me. Well, I was walking past this restaurant. It was one of the first places Rich ever took me to. I don't remember why, since it was in a part of town neither of us went to much, but I remembered. That was the site of our third date. You remember the number of that date? You tend to remember things like that, at the beginning anyway. I see. Go on. So, I heard online that the restaurant is closing soon. Forever, I mean. It's been a while, restaurants come and go, Still, it's a bit sad since we had history with it. I took a look inside through the window. I spotted the exact table we sat at. I could replay the entire night in my head. Sounds wonderful. Right. But there was another part of my head just itching at me. A little voice which was saying, you've never been here before. You've never sat at that table. Isn't that a strange thing? That would seem odd. But I have been there before. We have. 
Richard had the steak. I had the duck ravioli, which was fabulous. Dessert was this cake with passion fruit in it that I became obsessed with. Afterwards, we shared a cap to my place and, well, he stayed over for the first time. I see. That I wouldn't forget. No. I was so nervous that night. I don't know why. It certainly wasn't my first go around, but he sat me down, held my hand, and told me this terrible joke about a farmer's daughter and a traveling salesman. You seem to remember that night well. Yeah, I do. Still, that little voice in my head kept going on about that restaurant being fake. Why would it say that? Sometimes your mind plays tricks on you, Gretchen. It's all right. You know what is real. You know what you did and what you didn't do. Doesn't that seem right? It does. It's perfectly acceptable to have doubts about your memories now and again. Perhaps, because your husband's recent financial difficulties, your mind was more unsettled than usual. I suppose you could be right. Still, Nobody I- is perfect. But if you reflect, I'm sure that you will have full confidence in the memory of that date. The way your eyes connected. The way the wine tasted. That terrible joke. What happened afterwards. I do. I remember everything. Clear as day. And I'll never forget that night. Gretchen? Yes? Is there anything else concerning you that you'd like to discuss? No, nothing at all. Life is good. Then I think we're done for today. Life is good. Scene one. Cafe Nuance. The interior of Cafe Nuance, a well-appointed upscale restaurant. Gretchen sits holding a glass of wine and scanning the restaurant. A server enters. Miss, can I get anything for you while you wait? Hmm? Oh, no thank you, I'm I'm fine. Of course, if you change your mind, just let me know. The server leaves. Gretchen sips her wine. From a doorway, Rich, 45, enters. He is Gretchen's husband, a tech entrepreneur. He wears a crisp shirt, sleeves rolled up, He's graying a bit and is just on the edge of being out of shape. Rich sees his wife before she sees him, and he takes a moment to compose himself. Starting without me? You know me. Can't resist a good Riesling. And here's your drink. Gretchen hands Rich a glass of water. Hmm. Tap water. (laughs) A wonderful vintage. (laughs) I'm so glad we decided to go out tonight. We deserve a good night. The way things have been, who knows if we'll be able to go out like this in a year from now. Gretchen. Oh, I didn't mean... I just wanted to savor little things, like date night with my husband before things change. I'm sorry. My decision to close the company wasn't taken lightly. We'll be all right. Of course we will. It's only money. Gretchen, are you okay with this? Or are you just putting on a brave face? Of course I'm okay. It's a lot to ask of you. You didn't have much of a choice. Of course I did. We always have a choice. Just imagine that there are two buttons before you that you could press. Again with the brain teasers. It's how I think. Take a complex situation and break it into smaller, more manageable units using hypotheticals. I'll play along. All right. Two buttons. Press the first button where we are now. The company closes and we take a big hit in the wallet. Press the second button. We go back in time. 
I swallow my pride and go back to my old job. Sell off our company's assets as best I can. I've had offers from other game companies. They've made pitches about what parts of the game are worth saving and what should be thrown out. If I could stand to watch them take my baby and turn it into a sausage, we'd have enough to maintain our lifestyle. I would never ask you to compromise yourself. I know, but I would do that for you. So, two buttons. Which do you press? The first button, of course. It's not even a question. Would I ask you to sell yourself out? We could maintain some illusion of success, but you'd be dying inside. Who would do such a thing? Some wives might. Well, not this one. <laughs> I knew I married the right woman. They kiss. Once we sell the house, we'll have a little breathing space and we can enjoy our cozy apartment. That will be nice. And we start over again. And I'll get a job. I hear the, the market is positively booming for people with a master's in 19th century French literature. <laughs> And no recent work experience. <laughs> Before I forget, Ted asked us to stop by his office tomorrow. Both of us? Why does your lawyer need me? Not sure, but he said we should both be there. Made me promise to bring you. Why would he ask that? Gretchen. I know, I know. He's one of your oldest friends, but after all this time, I, I still don't know if he likes me. Of course he does. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't like the perfect woman? The server returns. Welcome to Cafe Nuance. Have you made your decisions tonight or do you need more time? Scene two, meeting room. A professional meeting room, nicely furnished, all the trappings of a high-end law firm. At the table, a woman in a immaculate suit waits. A projector sits on the middle of the table. She is Regina Hastings, 50. She regards herself in the mirror making sure every detail is in place. A man in a very badly fitting suit enters, followed by Rich and Gretchen. The man in the suit is Ted Naughton, 55, a lawyer. Just a bunch of sons of bitches. I don't mind telling you that. Every time I hear someone taking shots at you, it sends me through the fucking roof. Your company deserved better. You deserve better, bud. Even the best startups have risks involved. I knew what I was getting into. Every video game nerd I could find told me this game of yours would have been great if the financials had come through. Luck was not on our side. Well, as your lawyer and your friend, if there's anything I can do, you know? Thanks. We have enough socked away to, re to weather the worst of it. It'll just be an adjustment, but... I meant it when I said for rich or for poor. That's great. Great to hear. My first wife said that, too. Too bad she didn't mean it. Should I introduce myself, Mr. Naughton? Oh, I'm sorry. Was this conference room taken? No. Re Regina. Miss Hastings? Ms. Mrs. Ms. Regina. I invited her to meet with us. Regina, this is Rich and Gretchen Warner. Regina's from a company you might have heard of. Been in the news a bit lately? Life Enhanced. Life Enhanced? Oh, I read about you in the New Yorker a few months ago. Fascinating company. I'm glad our reputation precedes us, though that particular article painted us in a bit of a alarmist light. Oh, right. You're the company that helps people quit smoking, right? Oh, it's much more interesting than that. They change minds. I'm sorry? I mean, they can implant things like skills and experiences into you directly into your brain surgically. 
If you always wanted to be a great musician, they could upload a virtuoso skill into your head, and then you could play Tchaikovsky's at Carnegie Hall. Really? How about some of Tiger Woods' long game? In theory, yes, if we could get Mr. Woods to donate it to our company. And of course, your body remains your own, but what can be done to improve your mind, we can do. Well, while I could use some help here or there, I don't imagine your services come cheap. No, it doesn't. Only a very few people can afford our services, especially for the deluxe packages. Deluxe packages? That's what we call our full-life makeovers at Life Enhanced. Instead of adding one or two skills to your arsenal, we can completely refurbish a person's life, make her a new person. We could take a soldier with PTSD and upload a boring, stress-free life into him. We can change a drug addict into a teetotaler, a porn star into a nun, or vice versa. Whatever you can imagine, we can do. Remarkable. I didn't know that you could go that far. Yes, we don't tend to publicize that. It's a bit far-reaching for some at the moment. The only people that really need to know are the prospective customers. Well, now we get to it. Miss Hastings, if you're here to sell your services, I'm afraid we're not in the market. As much as I'd like some help with my golf game, right now our finances aren't in any shape to cooperate. So thanks for the fascinating pitch, but I have some pressing matters to discuss with my lawyer. Well, Rich, the thing is, Regina is the pressing matter we have to discuss right now. She's why I asked you both here. I don't understand. She's not here to sell you on her company services. You've actually been a client of theirs for some time now. You have? For five years now, Mr. Warner. You never told me. I, I don't know what they're talking about. He didn't know, Mrs. Warner. Our agreement was that he wouldn't be aware of the changes that he requested for himself. It's common for makeovers of this magnitude for the recipient to be unaware that he's had work done. Per our agreement, Mr. Naughton acted as the monitor and proxy to his situation. Ted? It's true, Rich. This is quite the tale. Not what I expected when you asked us here for a meeting. So what did I get? It can't be my golf game, I'll tell you that much. You were actually one of the first buyers of our deluxe packages. A complete life makeover. Seamless integration into your previous persona. You wake up one day with a different life and you don't even know it. It was something of a proof of concept for our company, and it succeeded magnificently. I'm sorry, but what succeeded? Your marriage. We created it. You and Gretchen had never met before we put you together, at your request. We uploaded two years of relationship into each of your brains. I'm sorry to be the one who has to tell you. <laughs> I don't know what this is, but, but this is insane. It's the truth. I'm sorry to say it's all true. Ted presses a button. The lights dim, and the projector on the table lights up towards the audience. They insisted that they film you consenting to the implants. It's part of their standard procedures. For just such an occasion. See, Mr. Warner? We have met before. It looks like me. A little younger. But why? Why would I do this? It's kind of my fault. You were so goddamn mopey after Diana dumped you, and I heard about this company. You needed someone stable in your life, but you were killing yourself with work. You were never going to find a chick who, who, you know. No, I don't know, Ted. What was he not going to find? Someone who deserved him. Richard was in need of companionship of the highest quality, but he did not have the energy to find it via the traditional methods. Our company offered an alternative solution. 
The first two years. Two years. Wait, I broke my leg seeing an aspen and he waited on me hand and foot for a month. Are you serious? And, and going to my mother's funeral? I cried all night in your arms and I realized that we would be together forever. And that was fake? Those are real experiences, but they each happened to someone else before we gave them to you. Those repurposed memories are more convincing than wholly manufactured experiences, we've found. You get the right little details, you just can't get otherwise, uh, once we nudge them into place. Rich only shaved half his face that day. He stopped when I started crying and never got back to it until the next day. All fake. You came to us as strangers, and when we finished, you were a well-matched couple very much in love. I didn't even know him? This is preposterous. Why, why did I agree to this? Who, who would do that? Regina presses a button. Who? You were a young, pretty woman who decided that being married to a rich man that you didn't know was better than the life you had been leading. That's me? What the hell am I wearing? <laughs> Baby. Don't. Don't touch me. This is sick. If this is true, this means our whole life is a lie. Look at the screen. That's me with electroids in my head. Probably getting our first time in bed together implanted in my brain. I don't care about this. I love you. No matter how we got here, we'll get through this. We can do it. Come here. They hug desperately. It still feels like you. Ted, there better be a good reason that you're telling us this. Afraid there is, bud. Well, no time like the present. What's the deal? So, when we arranged all this, you paid the down payment. And then we also set up the subscription that paid for the yearly maintenance fee. Maintenance? Periodically, we would check in on you for a reconciliation procedure. Sometimes the reality you were given doesn't match the reality that you perceive. And we need to smooth over those rough patches to maintain the effect using a variety of procedures, ranging from phone calls to physical interactions to surgical upgrades. If that regimen isn't kept up with, some inconvenient side effects are felt. Anxiety, paranoia, depression. It's quite a vital part of the process. So as long as you kept up with the subscription fees, you'd be able to keep the implanted reality fully intact throughout your lifetime. So, with our finances in the crapper now... Yeah, it was my call. As your trustee, and with your recent troubles, I thought it was better to keep a roof over your heads than to keep this up. You really believe that? I've seen your financials. I agree with Mr. Naughton's decision. It's best for both of you if our company were to uninstall your enhancements. You're taking this, whatever it is, away? Yes. Your upgrades will be removed surgically. Your false memories will fade and be supplanted with, by your actual memories of the time period resurfacing. The actual memories you've accrued since the procedure are yours to keep, however. Thank heavens for small favors, I suppose. <laughs> it's not ideal, Mrs. Warner, but it's the contract that all parties agreed to. If it makes you feel better, we no longer do things like this. Now, we require the full lifetime payment up front. <laughs> Our marriage, is that fake too? Oh, you're still legally married. That happened, I was there. You're just, you know, going to lose a few things. 
Yes, Richard couldn't just marry anyone. He wanted someone he could talk to and who could easily be around the friends and social circle of a rising entrepreneur. So we implanted you with a college education, master's degree, interest in photography and poetry, debutante training, ability to speak French. You got that from me. So that's going away. A lot of little odds and ends that make you into the... Uh, the wonderful woman you are. Yeah. Classy shit and stuff. <laughs> then what's left? Who am I when all that's gone? And what about me? What do I stand to lose? Rich got some things that made him better in a relationship. Maturity, patience, emotional stability. <laughs> Let's be frank. You were kind of a basket case when this happened. Made running a business kind of inconvenient. And he'll be like that again? Not necessarily. In the very few instances in which we've had implants rescinded, it's not unusual to have some level of developed talents and traits remain. Richard is a pretty good husband, from what I've heard. It wouldn't surprise me if he retains at least some of that. Skills develop. Lessons are learned. Even tastes change. Is that what you think will happen? It's not impossible. <laughs> but not probable by the tone of your voice. Is that right, Miss Hastings? Baby. Don't baby me, Rich. Why are you just standing there? You're still going to be able to make another company, another fortune? What am I going back to? Baby, please, listen to me. Whatever led us together here, I have no regrets. You are the best thing to ever happen to me. And I am bound and determined that whatever happens next, I will not let you go. We will survive this. Oh, Rich, I want to believe you, but... What if the part of you that says that is the part that gets taken out? Look, guys, I, it's a lot to absorb, I know. I think we should leave you two alone for a bit so you can process. I worked it out with Regina, and we can have another month before we have to begin the procedures. So... Hey, Ted. Yeah? Before you go, I seem to recall that about seven years ago is when I quit drinking. Yeah, sounds about right. Real proud of you for that. Well, it has to be asked. Did I do that all by myself? How do you want me to answer that, Rich? You just did, Ted. Goodbye. <laughs> Ted exits. Well, it was wonderful to meet you both again. <laughs> really. <laughs> I wish I didn't have to be the one. It's just business. Regina exits. Look at us, Rich. Is that our first meeting? We don't even know each other. I know. Look at me. I'm acting like the vacuous, bubble-headed bimbos I always look down on. No, you aren't. Come here. They hug. The last five years, with me, remember? We did those things. We will remember them. This feels so real. It is real. Is it? Scene three. Life-enhanced labs. Flashback. The lights turn on. We see Ted and Regina in a conference room. A window looks out into another room with one-way glass. Jesus Christ, how many more of these do we have to see? Candidate 7 is the last we've asked to see today. If you find none of the candidates are adequate, we can recruit more candidates. All part of what our company can offer. For what we're paying? We better be able to see every hot gold digger in the state to pick from. Well, I'm not sure we can promise that, Mr. Naughton. At least not yet. But I think you'll like Candidate 7. Let's take a look. Regina presses a button. The lights go up to reveal Gretchen. 
now dressed only in a sports bra and yoga shorts. Her posture is slouched. Her manner is jittery and youthful, five years younger. Huh. Now that is a bit of all right. Is she his type? <laughs> She's anyone's type. She's definitely my type. Regina speaks into a microphone. Good afternoon. Gretchen is a bit startled by the sudden noise. Hi. Please try to relax. We only wish to ask a few questions. Okay. This is kind of weird. I know, but please bear with us. And thank you for participating in our candidate screening procedure. Candidate 7, can you restate in your own words what brings you here? Uh, the 49 bus? <laughs> no. I meant something a bit different. The procedure we have proposed is quite new, some might say extreme, definitely life-altering. We want you, we want for you to state for posterity why you've decided to make yourself a candidate for this. Well, I don't know. I'm just, it's exciting. I mean, I dropped out of college to follow my boyfriend across the country. So that didn't last, obviously. Uh, neither has any other relationship. You know how it is. I never went back to school. I burnt bridges. I'm not good at work. I get jobs. I do them. They're fine, but they're just jobs. It's not like I love anything I do. Do you think becoming altered to become someone's ideal partner is better? I don't know. I'm almost 30 and I have no idea what I want to do with my life. Like none. I don't belong. I guess I'd like to be somewhere that I felt like I belonged. Does it matter that you don't know him? I don't know. What, what do you want me to say? You're going to put it into my head or whatever, right? So what does it matter? As long as his check's clear. I see. He's not hideous, right? In my opinion, he's more than adequate. I'm sorry. That's too mean. Um, I'm really nervous right now, if you can't tell. I know I, I don't get to choose the guy. That's not how it works. I know that. When I think about it, if, if the guy is going to go to the trouble of making me into his dream girl, what are the chances he wouldn't treat me right? Pretty low, right? I don't know the answer to that question. I know. It wasn't meant to be answered. It's what you call it. Rhetorical? That's it. Someone who will treat me right, no matter what. That's harder to find than you think. Agreed. Anything you'd like to ask her? Sure. Hey, number seven. This is Ted. I'm the guy helping my bud choose a girl to go through the process. Okay. Nice to meet you, Ted. Yeah, yeah. Could you turn around? Gretchen quickly twists to look behind her. No, I meant turn around. All of you. Slowly. Gretchen starts to turn. Let's just get a good long look at what we're working with. Very nice. Now, can you dance a little? Mr. Naughton, for God's sake, this isn't a strip club. <laughs> are, are you serious? For the amount of cash we're dropping, I expect that chick to give me a lap dance with a happy ending. Heck, for what we're paying, I expect that from you, too. Is this a test? Do I have to dance? I, d I don't really want to do that. Please finish up, Mr. Naughton. You're done, sweetheart. You look good to me. Can I go now? Yes. Thank you, Candidate 7. We'll be in touch. Scene four, Regina's office. Regina is in her office, sitting at her desk. Rich enters. Mr. Warner. Miss Hastings, thank you for agreeing to meet with me. 
All part of a day's work. What can I do for you? I've been thinking about a lot of things recently. Looking into this company more, as much as I can glean from the few real information sources available. We like to keep a low profile. For now. I have to say that what you're doing is quite impressive. And also, not too far out of line with my work. I've built a career of making virtual playgrounds for people to spend time in. You turn reality into a virtual playground. That's how I've come to see it. A very clever insight. I've also been thinking about whether there are any options that we might have to avoid the upcoming messiness of our reversions. My wife and I are obviously quite attached to our current personas. And what were you thinking exactly? Well, if I were to lend my talents to your company in exchange for a continued subscription to our maintenance, you must know the reputation my games had in terms of creative vision and imagination. A lot of what was a key strength of my games was narrative cohesion and world building. That would certainly be transferable when talking about what your company does. I see. It's an interesting offer, but I think we'd have to decline. But you haven't even heard my ideas. It's all right, Mr. Warner. Will you dismiss me summarily? I was about to rewrite the future of my field. Having you as a client means that we've made an extensive inventory of what's already in your mind and your level of capability, both current and potential. And what you have right now is not unique to what we have in our database. I see. If we wanted a you, it'd probably be easier to make one. (laughs) All right. It's your loss. I agree. Now... Since we have you here, let me discuss the offboarding procedure with you in a bit more detail. Let me go over some options. Scene five, Cafe Nuance. Gretchen and Rich sit at the usual table, barely listening to the server speak. And last, we have a pan-seared salmon with scalloped potatoes served with a hollandaise dill sauce and asparagus. Well, I'll let you think about that for a while. So, what are we gonna do? I was thinking the pork chop special sounded pretty good. I'm sorry? Garlic mashed potatoes with gorgonzola? Come on! Rich, for God's sakes! Can you be serious about this? I guess you don't mean dinner, then. We have a week. Just one week before we have to return to our... our brains to the brain shop. What do we do? I don't know. You're supposed to know, Rich, and I'm supposed to follow you around staring adoringly into your eyes. Wasn't that the deal? I believe so. What is going to happen to us? Do you hate me? No. My God. I hate myself. You mustn't. I'm at fault for all of this. You had nothing to do with this. That's what I hate about it. I'm... I'm a prop. I'm a thing. I'm just a piece of merchandise you saw on a shelf and put in your cart. I let you do that. What kind of a person would let herself be bought and sold like that? But we made you better. Well, not anymore. Whatever I was that I was so eager to run away from, I'm heading right back there. Oh, God, what are we going to do? Listen, Gretch, look at me. I'm going to have to go back, too. From what I can tell, I was in even worse shape than you were, right? You were a gal looking for a change, maybe. Ted says I was a mess that needed help. I can't even imagine that. You've always been so... solid. So sturdy. The earth under my feet. 
I've tried to be that for you, always. But now, I don't know what's going to happen. We're each going to go in as one person and come out another one. It's really remarkable what they can do the more I look into it. Sorry, it's the designer in me. I can't help how fascinating it is that they're making designer people. I think it's horrid. I don't want to become someone else, I want to be me. Hey, hey, I need you. We said our vows, we really did. As far as I'm concerned, they're still in play. How about you? Yes. Then let's do it. Whatever our faults were, we're good people now. Maybe we don't need the help anymore. Hastings said that one of us has to go first, get the stuff removed. I think I should go first and face the inevitable. You do? You do that? Of course. And once I show that it can be done, then it'll be a breeze for you. What do you think? I don't know what I think. What in the world am I going back to? Scene six. Gretchen's apartment. Flashback. An energetic young woman named Cindy, 26, enters, holding a case of beer and a plastic bag with DVDs in it. She knocks on the door heavily. I know you're in there. She knocks again. Crystal Shankman, it's one of your last days on Earth as yourself, so I got us a case of something awesome and some cheap and three chess trashy rom-coms to properly send you off. So let me in before I blow this house down. Seriously, Cindy? Seriously. I'm not letting your last day go uncelebrated. Fine, come in. I can't get too wild tonight. My body is no longer mine. That was made perfectly clear to me when I signed the contract. If I get hurt or tattooed or knocked up or whatever before the procedure, the whole deal's off. And then I'll even have to repay them for getting my tramp stamp lasered off my butt. <laughs> I'm not proposing a bachelorette party or a one-night stand with a cute bartender who's always had a crush on you, Shankman. Just some fine domestic light beer and the best movies from the Meg Ryan catalog. <laughs> and another thing, my name won't be Crystal Shankman soon. Ooh, have you chosen your stripper name yet? <laughs> it's not a stripper name! It's an alternative identity. A what now? That's what they call it. They have um, euphemisms for everything at that place. Alternative identities, cerebral enhancement procedures, moral boundary agreements. <laughs> moral boundary agreements. What's that? <laughs> oh, God. Those are the things I will and won't do when I become the new me. There was this questionnaire like 10 pages long filled with boxes I had to check and blanks I had to fill. Rate this or that on the scale of 0 to 10. I blushed all the way through the intimate activities section. I didn't think I was a prude until I started reading those listings. Some people are really into weird stuff. The guy didn't just order you up as he saw fit? No. There were a few things he wanted that I had to agree to. Nothing big, like he wants me to have a master's degree in something but not want to work. I'm like, okay, whatever. 
we had to negotiate on when I'd want to have kids from never to maybe 10 years. But mostly they're my decisions with his final approval. It was like I was writing a character in a story. But I know I'm going to become that character. Do you get any say over him? Some. I made him a secret, shameful fan of anyone from the original Lilith Fair lineup. (laughs) Just for the hell of it. (laughs) You didn't. I did. He'll try to hide from me that he knows every lyric to every Indigo Girl song. It'll be so adorable. He signed off on it. (laughs) Hey. So are you going to miss all of this? What's to miss? Barely being able to make rent every month? Getting hit on at work by drunks? Not having a future? Growing old alone? Seriously, what's to miss? And I won't remember it anyway. Unseen by Gretchen, Cindy looks sad, but she hides it from Gretchen well. The guy, Mr. Indigo Girls, do you like him? From what I've seen, he seems fine. Just went through a bad breakup, and this is how he's coping. His ex really did a number on him, so now he has all of these trust issues. There was a lot in the agreements about how he needs me to stand by, support him, look out for his needs. That doesn't sound like much fun. But I can totally do that. I can be that wifey. And by the time the head doctors are through with him, he won't remember that bitch's name. (laughs) If he could loosen up a bit, lose 10, 15 pounds, let's just say I've dated worse. I'll say. This is such a bizarre conversation to have, Sin. I can't tell you. You're the only person I can talk to about this. Hey, you won't remember me, but I'm going to miss you. I'll be around. No, you won't. Not really. I guess not. You're really going through with this. I am. I really am. Then a toast. Cindy and Gretchen both open a can of beer. It's goodbye to Crystal Shankman. Hello to... What's your name again? The ever-so-elegant Gretchen Vanderpool, soon to be Mrs. Gretchen Warner. To Gretchen. Interlude. Rich's surgery, darkness, beeping, and breathy rearing. Then the voices of two surgeons are heard. 58, 59, 60. All signs are stable. We can begin. Turning on the array. On the screen, we've located the first area with implanted enhancements. On my mark, we will begin extraction with number one. Ready? Begin. Sounds fade out. Scene seven. Rich's tech talk, flashback. A tech conference stage, the kind you might watch on YouTube. A conference host stands at a podium on the stage. A business conference atmosphere trying to project the image of the cutting edge. Thanks to Professor Smithson, I'll never look at the import tax the same way again. I'll tell you that. Now, many of you have waited the entire conference for this. So, without further ado, the next Tech Talk speaker, the man making waves in revolutionizing gaming as we know it, founder and CEO of Savage Avatar Games, Richard Warner. What are you doing? Spending your life playing video games? 
You've heard that question, haven't you? I know I have. Even when I went from playing video games as a kid to building them. And there's never a good answer for this question, is there? People on the outside of our industry are not usually impressed when we say, gaining experience points so that I can level up and buy a sword of triumph. My darling wife, Gretchen, always rolls her eyes at me a bit when I say something like that. Talk to me when you want to rejoin the real world, she says. And yet, millions of people choose to spend their time not in the real world where my wife resides, but in worlds such as the ones that we construct for them. As many as 10 million for World of Warcraft alone. The players' bodies reside in their homes, on their couches, but their minds can go anywhere that the human imagination can take them. Going on quests and adventures, meeting friends, vanquishing enemies, taking on new identities, putting on different skins like you might put on a different suit in the real life. Press this button, you're fighting aliens. Press that button, you're swinging swords. You get to design your own destiny. In a significant way, players don't play their avatars. Players become their avatars. Some people may view the phrase, players become their avatar, as a cautionary statement, as a sign that you're in danger of losing your hold on reality. But I would argue the opposite. It's the people who don't ever spend time outside of reality now and again who lose touch with reality. Constantly being constrained by a world of facts, rules, and customs shrinks your worldview to only that which exists. Fantasy, when well-rendered, can expand your worldview to that which is beyond possible. Like science fiction can be used to illuminate issues in our reality that are difficult to discuss otherwise, spending your time in a world steeped in fantasy can expand your thinking to beyond the limits of your body that's sitting on the couch in your living room. What are you doing? Spending your life playing video games? Yes, I am. And I'm making the world better because of it. People applaud. Rich smiles and acknowledges the response. The applause sustains and grows louder before turning into a deafening roar. The scene suddenly shifts back to the waiting room. Scene 8. Life-enhanced waiting room. Rich is rolled in on a wheelchair by a nurse. He is wearing a hospital gown. His head is bandaged, and he is non-responsive. Gretchen rushes in. Rich! She hugs him in his chair. He barely responds. Rich, my God, can you hear me? Are you all right? Regina enters. This is normal at this stage, I can assure you. The best thing at this point is usually to give him some space. The best thing for you at this point would be to mind your own business. Fair enough. <laughs> I think we can leave them for now, Dana. Wait, I'm sorry, I... It's just so trying. I know you're only doing your job. I hope you understand. Mrs. Warner, so fierce, so loyal, so considerate. Just like he wanted. Gretchen recoils. You are very good work. One of my favorites. Regina and the nurse exit. <laughs> oh, that cold fish. You still had your money, darling. I'd order up some manners to be injected into her skull. God, you look so cold. Do you need a blanket? Ted appears in the doorway. Knock, knock. <laughs> Ted. Hey there, just checking in on the victim. I mean, patient. 
Rich is doing fine. Good. Good, good, good. Is there anything else, Ted? Look, sweetheart, I'm his friend too, you know. I've known him longer than you have. I'm quite aware of that, but I'd like to be with my husband now. Regina said he just needs to sit for a while. Then I'll sit with him. Look, it's not easy for me either, you know? To watch your best pal go all flowers for Algernon on you? (laughs) Because I know that Rich is in fact your good friend for some reason, I'm refraining from saying what I want to say. I'm fairly certain that after I undergo this procedure myself, I'll be much less accommodating. Once again, is there anything else? You know, I always like you. What does that mean? I liked you. I mean, you were hot and all, but all the girls in the screening were. And we saw a lot of them. But after the change, it was something in the way you treat Rich. I really came to... I liked you. I'm flattered, Ted, but it's not the time. You don't have to do this. What? This. Your brain sucked out. He had to, but you don't. You said he couldn't afford it. He can't. I could. Mr. Naughton! The way you look at him? You could look at me like that. I like that. I think I like that very much. I'm going to pretend that I didn't hear that. You're supposed to be his friend. What? When he wakes up, he'll be the way he was before the brain voodoo. And it wasn't a party, believe me. You guys are already broke because Rich wasn't as good a businessman as he was a husband. But it doesn't mean you have to go down with the ship. Disgusting. You are disgusting. Here's what I'm saying. We talk to Regina. I write a few checks, you get a few knobs adjusted, and we're on. They did a hard part already on you. I saw you before, you know. Before you were you, you've come a long way. Get out of here, you pig! Nurse! Nurse! I... Quiet. Gretchen. I'm sorry. I... Forget I said it. I'm just... I'm sorry. Look. My kids went to college. My wife and I split. And... Now what? When you first got with Rich, that thing you had together? It's hard not to be envious. Ted... I'm sorry that you're not doing well. I'm truly sorry. I decline your offer with thanks. And no matter what happens to me, I ask you, I beg you not to try to take advantage of whatever state of mind I might be in. If you are any friend to Rich at all, if you respect me in any way, do not ask this of me. Surely you can find someone else. All right. Fair enough. Just... Throwing it out there. Tell the big guy I said hi when he comes to. I will, Mr. Naughton. Goodbye. Ted exits. Oh, Rich, darling. Do you really think that going first would be doing me a kindness? Now that we're here, I don't know if I can take it. No, no. That's wrong. I can take it. We will get through it. I, Gretchen Vanderpool, do take you... Richard Warner, as my lawfully wedded husband, for richer or for poor, for better or for worse, in good times and in bad, as long as we both shall live. Scene 9, Café Nuance flashback. The same nice restaurant as before. Regina is dressed as a maitre d'. She carries some menus. She is followed by Ted. 
A small crowd of people follows Regina as she speeds through directions. Once more from the top, the lady will come in first. I'll greet her. Hello, do you have any reservations? Right this way. They'll sit there. She, what did she choose to call herself? Gretchen. Gretchen. That's a nice name. She'll sit first, looking casually stunning. Then the gentleman will arrive. Something came up at work, so he's running late. They kiss, they sit, they ask how their day has gone, etc., etc. As far as they know, they've been together for two years. Just a normal Friday night out. Mm-hmm. We have our first three points of conversation preset. Would you like something to drink? You look great in that dress. Boy, the traffic was terrible today. Just to make sure that the programming has taken hold. If it's anything other than that, you know what to do. Regina turns to restaurant patrons. You, restaurant patrons, give them one minute to get acclimated. Then I'll seat you. It's their first outing, so have your ears sharp, okay? I don't expect any intervention to be necessary, but... Regina turns back to her assistant. After the programmed conversation runs out, they'll be on their own. We'll give them a few minutes before sending Mr. Naughton here to accidentally run into them and engage in some small talk. If they both accept him in their reality, we're good to go. You know, this is a pretty swank setup you have here, Hastings. Never heard of this restaurant before. That's because it's not a restaurant. It's our staging area. No one comes here unless we plant the idea into their head. Seriously? We find it useful to keep a few public-seeming spaces for sensitive times in the process. It makes it easier if we find we have to make an intervention. If you have three people wrestling a panicked man onto the ground in the middle of the street, it tends to attract unwanted attention. She's coming. Gretchen is on set. Places everyone. Come on. Off the set. It's not your time yet. Carl, take him to his place. All right, all right. Ted is led off stage. People take their places. Regina grabs some menus, gets into character, and greets Gretchen. Welcome to Cafe Nuance. Do you have any reservations? Vanderpool, Gretchen, party of two. Right this way. Scene 10, life-enhanced office. Regina's office. Gretchen sits in a chair in front of the desk. An array of paperwork is displayed on the desk. Consent forms, waivers, questionnaires written in your handwriting outlining the personality, memories, and traits that are, were to be installed. Video recordings of your intake interview with your consent decree. Would you like to watch that again? No, no thank you. We document fastidiously here. So, as you can see, all of our procedures have been followed to AT. You properly consented. You continued to possess our enhancements so long as you were able to afford our maintenance protocol. Now that the decision has been made to halt your subscription, you are undergoing our offboarding process. Is there any way you would reconsider? Could we cut a deal somehow? My dear, there's nothing to reconsider. This is a business transaction. It's always been a business transaction, a service rendered for payment. But it's our lives! Technically, according to the contract, it's a life we furnished for you that we allowed you to lease for a period of time. (laughs) And also, legally, even if we wanted to alter the terms of our deal, we couldn't do so with you. What do you mean? Gretchen Vanderpool Warner is our fictional creation our intellectual property. She doesn't exist, and so we can't negotiate legally binding contracts with her. We can only do it with Crystal Shankman, the legally real person. That's why we documented Crystal's decision so thoroughly. The on-camera consents are sufficient, but we like to go the extra mile in proving intentionality. The legally real person? How can you look at 
what I'm going through and offer me nothing but technicalities to justify not helping me. You have no idea. You play with people's lives and you have no idea what it's like to know that your life is a lie. <laughs> oh, it never fails to amuse me. Oh. When you get all self-righteous like that, you have no idea. What do you mean by that? My dear Gretchen, who do you think I am? What kind of executive would I be if I didn't have first-hand experience of our range of products? You had your own head rewritten? I prefer upgraded. When I agreed to lead this company, it made all the sense to make myself the best tool for the job. I had installed business acumen, self-confidence, champion-level debate skills, social observation. I also threw out some nagging moral qualms and a desire to raise a family. <laughs> that would only get in the way of my objectives. You're not even human. Please. What's so great about being human? I find it rather limiting. I thought this company was all your creation, that New Yorker article. I'm the face of this company, true. But that wasn't always the case. The person who came up with the key technologies in the first place has spent the last 12 years in a tropical paradise while I get to face the slings and arrows of running this mess and also partake in the wonderful conversations like this. Do you like who you've become? Certainly. But if I didn't, I'd certainly adjust myself to like it and not tell myself about it. <laughs> if I felt tired or frustrated or uneasy about doing this job, I could sand that away for a time. Self-doubt is not a trait for people leading billion-dollar corporations, my dear. <laughs> now, pleasant as this is, are we done here? Or would you like to engage in freshman-level philosophy debates for another couple of hours? <laughs> my husband is a dysfunctional mess right now, and he didn't get nearly the work that I did. What's going to happen to me then? Who was I before you did this to me? Now there's a more useful question to ask. I took a look at your original intake files. As it turns out, there is someone you can talk to who can give you the answers you seek. Scene 11, Cindy's apartment. A small apartment, a doorbell rings. Cindy, from the scene in act one, enters. She's dressed sensibly and is more measured and polished than before. Come in. Um, hello, is this- Crystal! Cindy gives Gretchen an aggressive hug. Oh! I can't believe it's really you. It's been so long. Excuse me, but, um... Of course, I'm sorry. You're not you anymore, Crystal. Or should I say Gretchen? Would you like to come in, Mrs. Warner? I still can't believe that Crystal is my real name. It sounds so odd to me. Miss Crystal Louise Shankman. Not necessarily a name that rolls off the tongue, is it? But I like it. And how did we know each other? Well, we were pretty good friends. We hung out a lot. You gave me all your furniture and stuff when you went away when ba way back when. It's not like we were soulmates or anything. We had some good times. Did I have a lot of friends? You had some, I guess. You were actually pretty private, kept to yourself. I see. And men? Sure, you had your share. I mean, look at you. Nothing that lasted, of course. You weren't seeking anyone when you went in, if that's what you're asking. I guess I wasn't missing much. You know, I always meant to thank you. Oh, for what? 
Well, I looked into the company after you went away. Really fascinated me. I kept looking you up, seeing how you were. You always looked so happy. So after a while, I took the plunge. When some of their prices went down, if it weren't for you, I wouldn't have had gone to the company to get my noggin tweet. You did? You became someone's trophy wife? No, no. I paid for my own stuff and I stayed my own person. A few years after you left, my parents passed away and left me with a little bit of money. Not like I'd be set for life or anything, but enough for a splurge here and there. And you spent it on a head job? I didn't do the full personality lift. I couldn't afford that even if I wanted to. But just a few tweaks here, here and there. I used to be really shy, so I bought myself some assertiveness and some vo vocal acuity. Now I can go up to anyone and hold a good conversation. I got that smoking secession package, stuff like that. It's a lot less expensive than what you did. I don't need to undergo so much maintenance because I'm not suppressing my past like you are. It's opened up so many doors. That's great. I'm so glad for you. Plus, I donated a bunch of my experiences to their database. You get way better rates that way. I don't know why someone needs the memory of breaking your arm in a bike accident, but they got it if they want it. <laughs> but enough about me. Miss Hastings called and told me you were told me about your situation. I'm very sorry to hear what's happened. But it's not the end of the world. Take it from me. Crystal Shankman was a pretty cool chick. I'm glad to hear that you think so. So ax away. Ask me anything about who you were. What do you want to know about the once and future Crystal Shankman? Gretchen tries to think of a question. Instead, she breaks down and cries. Scene 12, Warner's Kitchen. Gretchen and Rich sit across from each other at a small dinner table. Awkward silence. They do not eat. Gretchen refills her wine glass. Rich puts forward his cup, indicating that he'd like some too, which worries Gretchen. Rich, Please. Gretchen pours Rich some wine. He drinks. Are you not hungry? I don't know. It's one of my favorite recipes. <laughs> what? I guess I paid for your cooking ability too, huh? Money well spent. Are you even going to try? Should I just give up now, Richard? Gretch. No. Do you even have an inkling of the agony I'm going through right now? When my husband... Am I? Am I your husband? Yes, of course you are, aren't you? I don't know anymore. I'm not angry at you. You are literally the perfect woman. I just... I don't deserve you. Not this again. Yeah. Every moment now, every time I look at you, it's a reminder that I was a lonely, drunk asshole who spent a lot of money to wallpaper over his personal flaws enough for a good woman to be with him. Rich grabs the wine and pours himself more. Darling. You know what kills me? You know what I remember now? During our preparation procedure, they kept asking whether I wanted some additional business skills implanted while they were at it. Just a few minor upgrades to that side of things. Wasn't even that much. You know, just the sort of thing that would have kept me from bankrupting ourselves and ruining my company. Just the sort of thing that could have kept this from happening. Would you like to know what I said? Don't do this to yourself. I said stop upselling me. 
You know, it would have worked. I could have saved the company with just a little help. I was so proud of myself, doing everything on my own, designing my own destiny. I made such a big show of it. And all along I was held together by stolen memories. Someone else's relationship skills. And I couldn't even admit it to myself. That's the guy you're married to. A total fool. Don't say that. I still love you. You don't know me. You're my husband. Your husband got sucked out of my body in the operating room. Now, I'm the residue that's left over, not the guy you've been married to for five years. You're wrong, Rich. The man I married is the man you chose to be. And you know what? It's the man you can still choose to be. Please. No, really. Is there a single thing that you lost that you can't recover? Or at least try to strive towards? The man I married is thoughtful, empathetic. He enjoys his friends and loved ones. What part of that are you incapable of? Gretchen takes Rich's hand. And the man I married is really very sexy. When he looks me in the eyes and wraps his arms around me, and I can tell you he's still in there. The man that I married. Gretchen kisses Rich. At first, Rich resists. Gretchen kisses him again, and this time he returns the kiss. They passionately fall into each other. Interlude. Rich's vision. Suddenly, we see Regina appear. Mr. Warner. Gretchen freezes while Rich is pulled out of the scene. We are now in a flashback, or a figment of Rich's imagination. Excuse me? I asked if you've made your final decision on your wife's personality yet. We need you to finalize so that we can calibrate our implants. It's still so hard to believe that you can offer the complete transformation that you're claiming to this level of accuracy. All part of our guarantee. Satisfaction or your money back. You can make this person, this beautiful woman who has no particular feelings for me, fall for me. Really. She will swoon at my mere presence. Well, lust is the easy part. Release a dose of oxytocin and two doses of dopamine in her brain every time she sees you, and vice versa, and we're there. I could make her insatiably horny at the sight of you if you wanted. Really? I don't really recommend it. <laughs> Unbridled lust gets old faster than you'd think. Most clients who've tried it tend to dial it back significantly. They come to us and want to rekindle their marriage. We pump them full of hormones and they go at it like teenagers. But in the end, they realize that even though they're constantly humping, they still don't really like each other anymore than before. What do they end up doing? Like I said, lust is easy. Just a cocktail of chemicals in a known recipe. At this point, we could bottle it if we thought we could get FDA approval. No. The holy grail for us is like. And after two people have been together for years, decades, lifetimes, after they've seen everything the other has to offer, the best and the worst, after all that, do they still look forward to seeing each other, even if it's only to sit on the couch and watch TV? And you can do that? You can tell us in 40 years or so how we did. Scene 13, the Warner's bedroom. We return to the present. Rich and Gretchen in bed. Rich wakes up with a start. Gretchen stirs. Mm. I don't know about you, but I was missing that. Like, you wouldn't believe. She tries to snuggle with Rich, but Rich stands up and steps away. Rich, what's wrong now? I can't. We can't. What? This. 
This isn't right. It felt right to me. It always feels right to me. Stop that. Okay. What do you want me to stop? You. Stop being so perfect. Sorry, I guess. I didn't realize that trying to get through the day with my husband was so irksome. I'm trying to do the best I can here. This... You. This is a glitch. A glitch in the game. You see, right now you should hate me for doing this to you. You should hate this version of me. Destroying your real self, replacing it with this awful perfection. You should hate me, but you don't. And it breaks my sense of reality just to look at you. To have you doting on me so. I can't suspend my disbelief. Does it matter that I wanted this? I saw the consent video. I agreed to everything. If not for me, you wouldn't have done this to yourself. How do you know? Maybe I would have answered the next ad. And instead of Mrs. Warner, I'd be Mrs. Johnson or Smith or Mrs. Bill Gates. I used you as much as you think you used me, okay? We used each other. Husbands and wives use each other for sex, for comfort, for money, for status, for friendship. That's marriage, right? Where did you get that bit of rhetoric from? I went to see Regina. I was trying to see if I could... It doesn't matter. But she showed me the forms we filled out. Forms? Yes. She gave me copies of our consent forms and tapes. She pulls them from her bag. We each had to describe what we wanted, what our life would be like, what we wanted our spouse to be like, what we as a couple would become. The playful in-jokes, the arguments we'd have over and over, we had to fill out a lot of paperwork. It helps for verisimilitude, Regina said. Okay, so what? Well, some things about me came from you, but most of them came from me. I chose a lot of what I was to become, and you agreed to love that. So don't blame yourself for helping me become someone I apparently wanted to be. Real me had the good taste to want to become fake me. How do you always win these arguments? <laughs> I don't know. Did you pay for me to have the ability to win arguments? Or maybe that stubborn streak has really unalloyed me, and you're stuck with it. You're still trying to make me feel better. Listen, when you get all that crap taken out of your head, things might look a little different. You don't have any obligations to me, okay? If you don't want to stay, you can go. I'll give you everything I have. You don't owe me anything. I'll let you in on a little secret. It's not always about you. Maybe tonight I just wanted someone to hold me and kiss me and make love to me. And maybe I needed someone to tell me that everything is going to be all right. What if I don't really believe that? Then lie to me, you idiot. <laughs> I'll make it easy for you. I want to believe the lie. Now, if you're done talking, I have a few more items from the intimate behaviors list that I want to check off. Gretchen begins to move in for a kiss. Gretchen. Yes? Thank you for what you said tonight. You've given me a lot to think about. Anytime. But I can't do this anymore. Be intimate with you. 
not until after, and then only if... It wouldn't feel right, is what I'm trying to say. I'm sorry. Rich exits, leaving Gretchen alone. End of Act One.
everyone. Thanks for listening to part one of The Parsnip Ship Presents Repossessed by Greg Lamb, directed by Pascal Florestal, with musical guest Big Fuzzy. To hear part two of this play and other episodes, subscribe to The Parsnip Ship on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.